Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. This day, Father, thank you that you have brought us together, Father. Thank you that you give us a, another day, um, another breath to worship you and to walk with you, Father. Thank you for the sacrifice that you have made, that you have sent your son to die for us, Father. Without that, Father, I would not have my life, Father. And yet, you have loved me so much that you have sacrificed the only thing that you love, Father. Father God, thank you that I'm standing here today, Father. Father, every single word that proceeds out of my mouth, let it be from you, Father. Less of me, more of you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, I am quite excited about this today uh, because it's fire, a lot of bullets and arrows. It literally strikes your heart. It is a good word. Before I get into that, so who remember what I preached last time? About David. What about David? Anyone? Ah, he's chosen. So basically, the rise of David. How David came to be, how David came to power, how David was anointed, and how he became a king. You guys with me? Right. So, who is David? If you, got, if you, got, if you, if you, if you want to give me a one phrase, who is David? It's a shepherd boy. And then, he known as man after that's what I want to get, right? So, if, when you think about David, if you ask anybody, David, small or large, medium or whatever, the first thing that comes to your mind is, David is a man after God's heart. Right? He's a warrior, he's a king, he's a humble man, he's a servant, you know? And then he, he's a very patient man. And all of these things in the first Samuel talks about. Right now, let's go to Second Samuel eleven one. So we are going to do today First Samuel, Second Samuel eleven, all up eleven till twelve twenty four. Right? You guys have it? I think Steve's going to help me in a minute up on the screen. So, let's read it with me. Right. In the spring, at the time when kings go to go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israeli army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. Right. Now, sometimes when God asks you to do something. Please do it. He's asking you for a reason. Alright? Now, is the, the, the scriptures clearly say, in the spring, kings go to war. Who is David? He's a king. But what did he chose to do? At home, resting, chilling, doing whatever he wants to do. Alright? 
But he's supposed to be in the battlefield, but he sent his servants to fight his war. But he's supposed to be in the battlefield and fighting. Right? And then, this get interesting, trust me. And one evening, David got up from his bed, and he walked around the roof of the palace. Right? From the roof, he saw a woman washing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find about her. I don't know what kind of city is this. People showering on roof, and the dude decided to, to walk on the roof. You know? Nowadays, because I live in the top balcony, so I don't see any of that stuff. That's pretty good. So he decided to walk on the roof, and then he saw a beautiful woman bathing. Like I said last time, when the Bible says somebody is beautiful, that person is beautiful. Right? So, now he's walking on the roof and he saw something that he shouldn't see. All because he didn't go to war. Right? Now, because of one disobedience, see what's going to happen now. It's going it's to chain react a lot of things. Right? All because he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. Right? Because God was probably pressuring him, you have to go to war, you have to fight for your people, you have to fight for your kingdom. He would say, no, 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 I'm not done with the fighting, I'm too lazy, I want to chill at home. Because why? I want to see women bathing. That's what David's mind. Now, and uh, is it then that David sent someone to find her? And the man said, she's Bathsheba, she, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. All right? The David sent messengers to get her. She came to him and then he slept with her. Now, who's David again? Huh? Yeah. David is a man after God's own heart. So what he did? Ooh. Now this is the same David go anointed to be the king, favored by God, and David knows, it's like his right hand who God is. And David knows who put him in that power. David knows who put him on the throne. David knows God like his heart. See what I did there? Right? But the same man, knowingly, knowingly, this is no accident, knowingly disobey God. Who disobeyed God this week? Knowingly. I don't know if you guys are going to raise your hand because you guys did. Because I did. Right? So knowingly, he said, I am going to do this regardless. You know why? Because my flesh is about to take over me. But I am going to let my flesh take over me. I am not going to fight it. I am going to let flesh take over me. And this is the man whose spirit came down on him and lived in him. He knows what right, what wrong. Like you know what's right, what's wrong. So everything what I say today, try and apply it to yourself. This is, this is how it works. Because when I'm preparing for this sermon, I applied everything for myself. And I felt how disgusting I am. When you live in today here, you should be, you should be powered up. To fight against those sins. The fight against things that are holding you back. Amen? 
Now, now David slept with her. Uh, I mean, to end the fourth, and she was she was uh, purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she was went back home. The woman conceived and sent a word to Saint David, "I am pregnant." All right now. David made, I'm going to put it into plain, David made some wives, some guys' wives pregnant. Right? I don't know how simple those things back in the day, but according to Jewish law, that is punishable by death. Right? Punishable by death. But he's David, he's king, no one's going to touch him. Right? So what David did here? He took his position and his power into a place nobody can't touch me. So abusing his, his authority and power. Right? Right? Who else do these things? We are. Are we not? We are. We're doing it daily. You, you, you can do it as, a, as an employer. You can do it as a mother. You can do it as a husband or a wife. You can do that as a, a person of position. You can abuse those power and make feel the other. I can take the advantage of somebody else. But Sheba probably didn't even want to do this, right? But she did commit sin as well. She can easily refuse, and David said, I'm not going to do this because this is against the law of God. I am not going to, but she committed as well. So I'm not saying that David alone, no, but Sheba is in the wrong as well because they committed sin against the Lord, knowingly, right? Knowingly. Anyhow, going forward, number six. So David sent the words to Joab and said, uh, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So this is, but Sheba is Hittite's, uh, Hittite, uh, Uriah's wife. Now David sent the word to, to send him back to Jerusalem and said, And Joab sent him to David, but Uriah came to him and David asked him, Now Joab, how the sh- uh, soldiers were? How the war is going. Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the palace and gift from his king was sent after him. Now, David sent Uriah. I'm going to try to paraphrase. So now David sent um, to bring to, to Uriah to the palace, have a conversation, have a cup of tea. Right? Now first, David did something wrong. Right? Now he's entered into a stage of manipulation. Right? So he slept with his general or friend or whoever it is, his wife, committed against his best friend, and he's trying to cover it up. Right? And then say, It's okay, let's have a drink with me, let's have a cup of tea with me. You know? And then he's trying to butter him up. Who else do these things? Us. As humans, when we make a mistake, first thing we come across is how I'm going to rectify this, how I'm going to cover it up. I don't want people to find out about this because it's a black mark against my character. I don't want this to happen to me. So the fear kicks in. Right? When the fear kicks in, you take matters into your own hand. So what you do, you will try to cover it up best as possible. Trying to put plasters, duct tape on the things that what you did. Right? God made something really beautiful and perfect, but you destroy it and then you're trying to put duct tape on plasters and cover it up and say, oh, it's fixed now. It's okay. Everything is good. 
Right? Now he's entered into a stage of manipulation and manipulating and saying, God, I'm going to do this my own way. Don't worry about it. I got this. Now, all of this is, does, does God know all of this is going to happen? Yeah, he does. But he's going to let it happen anyway. You know why? He's got a plan. So I'm going to come to the end of it. Anyhow, and he said to, to Uriah, uh, Then David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. Um, so Uriah left the palace, and the gift from king was sent after him. Nine. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his masters and servants, and did not go to his house. All right? Why do you think... David asked to go to Uriah to, to his house. So when he when when a soldier come from the battle, right? So obviously you're gonna make love to your wife, right? So now if a Bathsheba have a baby nine months later, it's not David's baby. It's Uriah's baby. Do you see how big of a scheme David trying to do here? See, this is what I don't get it. This is the man after God's own heart. The same man who after God's own heart, doing these schemes and planning and everything. Why? Why? And this is what I want to get at. Why? Okay? And then, David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you just come from military and campaign? Why did you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying Intense. My and my commander Joab and my so um, my lord, Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and make love to my wife? See, this is what David was thinking. But now, for me, Uriah sounds more like David than David, because Uriah is going to fight for his people, to fight for his God. He's saying, how can I do this when my people are suffering? I want to suffer with my people. David is the one that's supposed to do that. But he know he's supposed to rest there in his throne and sit down and rest with his concubine. That's what he's planning on doing. Right? The man got lazy. That's David. Now, then David said to him, stay here one more day and tomorrow I will... Send you back. So Uriah remind uh, twelve, and Uriah reminded in Jerusalem that that day and next day at David's um, invitation he ate and drank with him, and David made him drunk. But in the evening Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his masters and servants. He did not go home. Now he's keep on trying. This boy keep on trying. Now he's like, no, I'm gonna get you good and drunk. And I'm going to send you home. Let's see, at least you're going to sleep with your wife. Because I messed up. I need to cover this up. Right? Now, somehow Uriah's not doing it. It's like Uriah's heart been hardened. Whose heart, heart been hardened before? Pharaoh. Right? It's like God hardened Uriah's heart. No, I am not going. I'm staying home. I, I just think I can't even imagine why Uriah don't want, want to take the advantage of being near to his wife, go home, sleep, eat, drink, do whatever you want to do. But he did not do it. As a human nature, that's the first thing I would do. If I didn't see my wife for a very long time, that's the first thing I'm going to do. 
But the man did not do that. Right? It's like somebody, some force telling you, no, you're not doing that. You stay here at the temple. Right? Because I've got a, I've, I've, I've got a bone to pick with David. Right? Now, 14. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In it he wrote, Put Uriah out to the front where fighting is fierce. Then withdraw from, from him so that he will be struck down and die. So while Job had the city under siege, he put Uriah at the uh, place where he knew the strong, uh, strongest defense were. When the men of the city came out to fight against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. Adultery, schemes, murder. Directly or indirectly, David killed. David murdered. According to Jewish law, these things are not small. I mean, I mean even nowadays, murder is not small. But can you imagine? Jesus, God said, do not murder. David murdered. Again, going back to it. Who's David again? Man after God's own heart. Right? He commit murder. Right? Now, 18. Joab sent a David a full account of the battle. He instructed the messenger, when you have finished giving the king's account of the battle, the king's anger may flare up. And he may ask you, why did you get so close to the city? He's a baby. He doesn't know. He's the one who planned it. Right? He's the one who planned it all. Right? I want you to resemble yourself. Right? Um, did you, uh, didn't you know the wood would shoot arrows from war? 21. Who killed Abimech, son of Jerubbesheth? Didn't, didn't a woman drop an upper a milestone on him from the war, so that he died in Tebes. Why did you get so close to the war? If he asks you this, then say to him, Moreover, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead. The messenger set out. When he arrived, he told David everything. Joab sent to him to say, The messenger said to David, The men overpowered us and came out against us in the open, but we drove them back to the entrance of the city gate. Then the archers shot down at your servant from the wall, and some of the king's men died. Moreover, your servant Uriah is dead. Now David got the, the message, Uriah is dead. David told the messenger, say this to Joab, don't let this upset you. The sword, don't know, is uh, dead. Devoners one as well as another. Press the attack against the city and destroy it. Say this to encourage Joab. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she moaned for him. After the time mourning was over, David had a brought to the, to the house and she became his wife and bore him a son. But then the David had done displeased the Lord. Now, 
according to the Jewish law, right, you can marry a, another man's woman only if the man dies, right? Now, look at David. Now, David's not a baby, right? He knows how the law operates. Now, now he's trying, he trying to go around God this time. He done everything what he could with Uriah, right? Now he's trying to fight a jail-free card with God and say, oh, no, no, it's all good because now Uriah is dead, right? So therefore, I have a right to marry Bathsheba. So therefore, I am sinless. God is saying, dude, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You committed sin, you committed scheme, you committed murder, right? And that's this pleased God. See, this is what us as humans do. We do everything under the sun. Schemes. With, without knowing or without knowing, we do all of these things and then you go in prayer and you say to God, Father, you know, I made a mistake. Alright? So, can you please work this to me, and I, I know I, I mean I just cut shortcuts over here. I know I I, I but I'm, I'm asked because I'm your child. I mean you can make this work for me. God is saying, hold a minute, but you did everything I asked you to do. I, I asked you did everything I asked you not to do, right? And then you come here in front of me asking you to give you the very same thing that you scheme against. Can you imagine if you do that to your mother or your father or your wife or husband? How their reaction will be? You think you deserve that? No, you don't. You don't. According to Jewish law, David should be dead by now for his crimes. Right? Why do I say that? Right? Double standards. Proved in a minute. We're going to 12. Now, when this Nathan now rebukes David, part comes in. Very interesting. The Lord sent to Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, there were two men in a certain town. Right? Now, Nathan trying to tell a, a, a story to David. Right? Um, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had a nothing except a little lamb that he had brought. He raised it and grew it up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared for the one who had come to him. Now, David heard about this story, and he burned in anger. Now David saying, David burned with his anger against his man and said to Nathan, surely the Lord lives, uh, the Lord lives. The man who did this must die. You guys left this, you read the scripture, right? So who's Nathan talking about? David. David himself said he should die. Right? Do you see what I'm talking about? So, 
when you doing something, it's all right. But when you see someone else doing it, it is wrong. This is what Jesus said. Look what's in your eye before you start talking about somebody else. Right? You hypocrites. God, Jesus looking at me and saying, you know, you telling me that person is wrong and then you, 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 you come to me in prayer and say, oh, Father, deliver that person. He's doing a wrong side of lifestyle. And God is saying, have you looked at yourself? Have you seen yourself in the mirror? I don't mind the fact that you're praying for somebody else, but examine yourself, your qualities. This is what I do every day. This is what you should do every day. Examine yourself. You won't become perfect. That is, we all know that. But where is your heart? Right? Anyhow, reading along. 17. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is why, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel said. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you from hand, hand of soul. I gave you master's house, you, master's houses to you. Your master's wives to you and your arms. I shall, I gave you all the Israel and Judah. And if, if all this has been too little, I would have given you even more. Now, this is a discipline issue issue with David. Right? He committed sin against God. Nathan saying, God has given you all of these things. Right? But if you ask me for more, I've given you more. Right? But what you did, you went out of my will, you did something that you wanted to do. Because your flesh took over. You got greedy. You wanted something. You wanted something which is belonged to somebody else, right? You want to live that kind of lifestyle, so you went after that kind of lifestyle, and you got it in the wrong way. But if you asked me, you would have worked something out. I would have brought you to a place that give you peace. Amen. So. Number nine, why did you despise the world of the Lord by doing all of this evil in his eyes? You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and he took his wife to be your own. Can you imagine David's face when you hear that? How did you even know? Nobody's supposed to know these things. Can you imagine? See, this is, this is what God does. God knows every single deed that you do. You know that every single text message that you send to somebody, he knows. He's go through your WhatsApp, your Facebook. He goes through all of that stuff. He knows. He knows every single hidden place in your heart. He knows what you're thinking. Right? Sometimes when I think something against somebody, it cringes me. Straight away, I want to go to a place of father. I am sorry. I don't know where that come from. You know where it come from. See, the, the thing is, you need to really understand, it is not what comes in your mind, in your heart. When you put it into action, that's where the problem begins. Because it's not only affecting you, it will affect you and the people around you and probably generations to come. See, things might come into you, sinful thoughts might come into you. But the only thing is, when you put it into action, that's where the problem begins. 
Nobody cannot ex- uh, escape from the thoughts that come into your mind. That's what Satan does. Satan attacks your mind and he will filter down to your heart and then it will become your actions. And the same thing what the Holy Spirit does as well. He will put thoughts into your head, your mind, and he will filter down to your heart. And this is why I always say that guard your heart. Mind is the place that Satan attacks. But make sure when you filter down to your heart, what goes into your heart. This is where the Holy Spirit that lives in. This is where God lives in. This is the temple of God. Right? Amen. Now, um, number 11. This is what the law says. Out of your own household, I am going to bring calamity on you on you before you before before your every eyes i will take your wives and then give them to one who is close to you and he will sleep with your wives and broad daylight so i don't know if you guys read from samuel and afterwards what happened to because david got chased out of his own palace his son uh, slept with his, his wives you know he went to he, he was after his sons went off to kill him all because he didn't go to war <laughs> because God asked him to go to battle. But he said, no, I'm staying home because I want to see women bathing. All because of that, right? Because he used his power to manipulate and murder people the way he wanted to do it, right? So, the David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken her where your sins, you are not going to die. But because by doing these, you have, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born, the, the son that born to you will die. Now, now this is the question. This is the question. See, the Lord has forgiven your sins. Lord will forgive your sins. Right? You truly get down on your knees, is you, if you ask for forgiveness, He will forgive your sins. Right? But you cannot escape the consequences, people. You need to understand, if you murder, you're going to prison. In some states in America, you will put to death. Thank God we live in a country we don't have that. Right? You cannot, if you steal somebody's st- property, you're going to jail. If you murder, you're going to jail, you're going to prison, right? It's not even that. The consequences are enormous for you and then the people around affected by it. God has forgiven you. Good news, amazing, right? See, this is why Jesus said, I have forgiven your sins, but go and sin no more for the woman by the well. Right? It doesn't mean that you're doing all over again. Right? Now, as we know, as you read along, you can see David is a, is a man after God's own heart. He's a man after God's own heart. But he's a terrible king. He's a terrible father. Right? But he's a man after God's own heart. God loved the boy. God loved him. Why do you think God loved him? Because he's quick to repent. He knows who God is. Right? Do you have a heart of repentance? 
Do you repent from your sins? Do you go down on your knees every night before you go to sleep? Do you examine yourself what you have said or done during the day today? Do you do that daily basis? Do you do that weekly basis? When you're having a conversation with somebody, do you take only the things that God wants you to take? Or do you action the things that God wants you to action? Or are you going to go with the world? You're going to go with the flow and do whatever you want to do. Are you, do you have a, the heart full of repentance? Are you repenting? And this message goes to small and elderly, everybody in here. Ask God. Amen? So, after Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck down the child that Uriah's wife has bore to David, and he became healed. David pleaded, right? Now, David pleaded with God and for the child. He fasted and spent the night laying with sackcloth on the ground. The elders of the household stood beside him and get him up from the ground. But he refuses. And then he would not eat any food with them. Now, now David in a, in a, in a place or state where he's, he thinks that he's in the bottom of the barrel. Right? Now, he, he fights. He wrestles with God right now for forgiveness and repentance. He wants to come to a place that he's, he wants to feel that he's forgiven, right? At the moment, the guy you know, don't eat, he's in dirty clothes and all of these things, you know? But he, he's fighting with God, Father, forgive me for my sins, but spare the child. Yes, it's my mistake, I made a mistake, please forgive the child. Do whatever you want me to do, but please forgive the child. God is saying, no, 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 you can't get out of this that easily. I need you as a king. That kid is, it doesn't mean that now. You have to, it's a different subject I'm about to say. Now, this kid is out of wedlock. Alright? This is David's action. This is where it's, it's, it's getting very interesting. This is David's action. The kid came into this world. But yet, does God know this is going to happen? Of course he does. It's not... It's not like God scratching his head and oh, this this new what I'm gonna do with this child now. Even before he was conceived, God knew. Even before David anointed David, he knew these things gonna happen. Right? So God only have plan A. See, now the thing is, when you walk in on God's word on his path, you got a straight direct line, right? Now what you do is you go into balconies and you look at women. And you sleep with them. Now you just kind of deviated it. Oh, now you need to cover it up. Now you go here. Now you again deviated from the plan. So you are yourself deviating from God's plan. Whose fault is that? Yours. Right? God wants you to stay in His plan. Plan A. Now, to bring it back, God has to do certain things. Am I right? Now you can say, oh, but, but, but how can God kill a child? Who gives a life? Are you going to argue with God? I'm not. If God one day decided to take my child away, I'm not going to argue with him. That's his will. I am merely here to live my life and give glory to him. That is my job. All of the other things I have, my wife, my car, my house, everything what I have is a bonus. Your job is to glorify God through yourself. 
That is your primary and only job. All of the other thing is a bonus that God has given you like change. That's your only job. God is saying, okay, fine, I'm taking your child because that is that child is not something is meant to be in your timeline. I'm taking that away. You brought that into your timeline, but I'm taking out of your timeline because I have the power and authority to do so. Do you want to argue with me? Get in line. See, now, this is one of the biggest phrases I've heard in my life. Every time it gets me going. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. If you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. You will, you will hear God laugh. He will say, you fool. You know, you got plans. You tell, sometimes you tell God, you know God, I do this, 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 this. You make it. Is he God your errand boy? He's not. I saw the other day a video, and then the video started like this. <clears throat> so God, I did this. I'm like, okay, you, you did this. And I, uh, I think it's a Christian motivator. I don't know where did he got this concept from. The video for me, it sounds like he's telling God, this is where I am right now, so help me to get where I want it to be. It doesn't work like that. God gets you there. And he will get you from there to there. You make your own plans. You deviate. What's going to happen is for 40 years you will wander around the same place when the promised land is right around the corner. You make mistakes. You deviate your plans. You will get you there. But it will be a long time. But along the way if you refuse to listen to God and if you still keep on doing what you want to do, you will never get there because you're disobeying God like Moses. You will never inherit the promise of God, of the kingdom of God because it's your problem. When God asks you to strike once, you only strike once. When God asks you to go there, you go there. You go to go, you go to war with your people. When God asks you to sit, you sit. When He asks you to shut your mouth, you shut your mouth. Most of the time, we don't do these things, are we? We don't, right? This is the power of God. Amen. Now, hope I'm speaking to somebody today. I'm definitely speaking to myself. <clears throat> now, on the seventh day, number 18, on the seventh day, the child died. David attendants were afraid to tell him the child was dead. For they, they thought, while the child was still living... He wouldn't listen to us when he spoke to him. Now, how can we now tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. Now, now according to this text over here, his, his, his servant is afraid to approach David because while the, all of these probably servants heard what really happened, all the schemes and murders and whatever happened, you know, the word travel fast, people gossip about you. Okay? He's thinking now the child has died. Now David's about to do something really stupid. Right? So now we need to understand in this, I don't know how long of a period. It is seven days, right? Now for the seven days, he was battling with God. Right? So I don't know what kind of change that took place in his heart and what kind of place that he come to the end of the seventh day. Right? For all I know is on the seventh day, the man was rested. Right? The way God has rested, He's rested on the seventh day the child died. You know what? I am good now because I fought, I'm battled, I cannot do anything anymore, but God took what He wanted to take it away. 
Now I am going to get up. Right? I'm going to get up and I'm going to face what's next in my life. Right? Now, this is what you need to understand. You can wrestle, you can battle, you can, you can manipulate your way to God to give you whatever you want to give you. But if He's not going to do what He wants you to do, if He take it away, something in your life is not belonging there, you need to understand that is God's will for your life. See, some, sometimes we, we, we as human beings, I mean even myself, I struggle to understand, Father, is this from you or not? Are we not? We are, right? We struggle to understand. We don't know sometimes as human beings because we can't hear God's audible voice. Only thing what we can hear is the Holy Spirit communicating with you and then you will get that warm, fussy feeling that is from you. Even though you just kind of doubt yourself, right? Now, this is something that I do. When I pray for something, for the very thing in the middle of it, I look where is God is working, for example, when I was buying my house, right? I wasn't sure is this from God or not or not. I'm going to go a little bit deeper into this. So I remember when you went to view the house, right? This, this is where you need to spend time with your God. You have to read this book because He will speak to you through this word, right? Because the reason I say this is, for normal people, don't get these thoughts in your head. Only the people who spend time with God or read the text or read the Bible will get these things. Listen, so when we went to look at the new flat, when I entered the flat, I can almost visualize the blood on top of my house, right? On the, on the, what you call it, the door frame. I, I immediately knew, I asked my, okay, I asked my wife, I told me, this is the house. She asked me, why? This is the house. She asked me, why? I said, I just saw the blood on the, on the, on the uh, door frame. Why? Why is that? Can, can anybody explain to me? Do you remember when God Send a curse to Israeli. He asked you to mark the, the house. That means that's God's people. The one that is not marked, it's not God's people. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Holy Spirit will nudge you with certain things that you know of that is from God. Right? And then also, when we buy in the house, she handled all the paperwork. I didn't do any paperwork. I don't know how to do things. But everything kind of fell into the place without effortlessly. The timing was perfect. We know of the people that wanted to buy the house before us, still waiting online to buy the house. Our stuff fall on like dominoes because God made it work for you. You don't even need to lift the finger. When God is in it, you don't, you don't even make an effort because He will work things for you. When God is not in it, you have to battle, you have to fight, you have to struggle. That's when you know you're cute. It's not for me. That's not for me, because that's too dangerous. Because, you know, when your certain circumstances change, with that, you changing to a different person, which is not resemble Jesus, that's when you know that it's not from God. Amen? Do you understand what I said? If you want something, if you're going after it, if it is changed you, opposite of character of Christ, that is not of God. Because of the very thing, so very, when, I'm, when I'm quoting my wife, it changes my heart to be more like Christ. That's when I knew that she's supposed to be my wife. The same thing that you offer, if you're changing your character not to Christ, that is not of God. Amen? Now, 
David noticed the attendants, <coughs> his attendants were uh, uh, whispering among themselves. And he realized that the child was dead. Is the child dead? He asked. Yes. They replied, he's dead. Then David got up from the ground and after he was washed upon his clothes, uh, put on lotion, changed his clothes, and he went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his house and his request, they served him food and he ate. He said, and asked him, why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fastened and wept, but now the child is dead. You get up and eat. He answered, while the child was still alive, I fastened and wept. I thought, who knows? Remember, who knows? The Lord, who, who knows? The Lord may gracious to me and let the child live. Now, what David trying to say is, even though I messed up, even though that child is out of wedlock, even though I committed sin, I thought God is going to be gracious, and but he's forgetting the part, God is just. You can't get away with your wrongdoings with God. You have to answer to your wrongdoings. Yes, there is grace. You know, people confuse grace with jail-free card. You do. I did. Sometimes I do again. I might do it again in the near future. See, now, you as us self-righteous people, we use grace as a jail-free card and say, God, Father, I know you're graceful. I know you can forgive me. You can do anything you want to do. So can you make this right too? It doesn't work like that. It does not work like that. Now, then David comforted his wife, Bathsheba. Now, hold on a minute. Now, after Uriah died, David married Bathsheba. Now, lawfully, Bathsheba, his wife. Right? Now, when I preached this sermon in another church, there was a question arise with just some young people. Now, I'm going to get to that one. Then David comforted his wife Bathsheba, and he went to her and made love to her and gave birth to a son. They named him Solomon. The Lord loved him. And then because the Lord loved him, he, um, he sent word through Nathan, the prophet, to name him Jedidiah. Now, that's the end of the scriptures. Now, I'm going to explain a little bit, five minutes. Now, the thing is, I've been asked questions, like people were thinking now, did David sin according to this scripture as well? Yeah, he did. Right? Now, now he got married to Bathsheba, had a child called Solomon. Did David sin yet? Now, is he sinning still? Sorry, my question. Now, he got married to Bathsheba lawfully. Right? His husband is dead. Am I confusing you? You guys are hearing what I'm trying to tell you. Right? Now, he's married to Bathsheba lawfully. Now, he gave birth to a, she gave birth to a son, Solomon. God loved. Now, it's in the Jewish law. By law, it's all good. It's all cool. Right? But yet, David sinned. His consequences are going to follow. As I said earlier on, his sons want to kill him. Right? He's got thrown out of his throne. 
his country, guy had to run and run for his life, right? But now what I'm trying to tell you is listen to this very carefully, right? This is my revelation. You might have your own revelation. How would you know God's original plan? Plan is somehow David is going to end up with Bathsheba. If David went to war, I've God asked you in the beginning, right? This is a big if, right? I'm trying to get you somewhere. They, probably Uriah might die on that battlefield next to David. And then David, uh, uh, God might use David to, to marry Bathsheba. You guys with me? And then lawfully, they married, they wedded, and then the son that become is planned from David, not out of wedlock. Right? Because on the timeline, Solomon need to be. Who comes David Solomon's bloodline? Thank you. So Solomon need to be in that timeline, but not the first son, or it's always the second son. It's not the Adam, it's the Jesus. It's never about the Adam, it's all about the second son, it's about the Jesus. It is not about David's first son, it's about Solomon. Solomon made the biggest sacrifice to God, Jesus made the only sacrifice to the world. And that is how we're forgiven, right? Solomon built the biggest temple, Jesus is the temple, right? He's the one who lives in us. You see how God things works, right? Because you take matters into your own hand, right? Because you take matters into your own hand, you made a big mess out of, you think big mess, but God have to bring you back. Right? Solomon need to be in that timeline. Because David might be the richest king. Solomon is double the rich. But moreover, he went, God, he's went after God's wisdom. God asked Solomon, what do you want? What do you want? He said, no, I don't want anything. Just give me wisdom to, to govern this land. And God blessed him with more. Because he didn't ask for anything. If God asks you something, just ask him to get to know him better. You don't need anything else. Yes, we may be in debts. We may have a mortgage to pay. We have a family to support. We have all of these things. Do you think God knows that? He knows. He's got a plan for you. He knows how to get you, when to get you, how to get you. Right? But you need to be calm, assertive, patient, moreover, repent of your sins. And then He will make a way. He knows how to get you, when to get you, where to get you. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.